electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer's out west at one market in San Francisco. Futures on the cool side as the market keeps a wary eye on this global uptick in new COVID cases. Oil is stalled near 80 on continued SPR speculation. Uh, retail top lines are strong, but Target's gross margin miss is in focus. Our roadmap begins with retail on the supply chain. Target blows past estimates, says shelves will be full for the holidays, while Lowe's lifts its sales forecast. Plus, we're watching the EV sector become the new kings of auto. Rivian's market valuation, yeah, it's now doubling Ford's. And Lucid, close to surpassing GM. And after that bombshell report, new calls for the CEO of Activision Blizzard to resign. Let's start, though, um, with retail. Uh, Jim, uh, Target, uh, 303 beats 284, but the gross margin misses almost 200 basis points. I'm frantically trying to get a better read on gross margin and what it really means, because obviously that's what caused Walmart stock to go from 149, 150 down to 143. Uh, people do not want to hear that you uh, ate anything. They want everything to be eaten by the customer. Uh, I, I, I question whether that's the right frame of mind, but Home Depot was able to do it. Because remember, the customer at Home Depot is the pro, and the pro is able to pass it on to you uh, with relative ease. Now, Lowe's, I continue to believe, is just Marvin Ellison doing a better job. And he's been at it for a long time. And it does show, David, that Lowe's was dramatically undermanaged before Marvin got in. And he's continuing to make strides to make it so that, well, you know what? It's it's still not back to where others are. So there's so much room that it's the anomaly of the big box players that we've been talking about, David. Yeah, the activist investors, you got to go back away there who uh, who were involved perhaps in his installation as CEO are still patting themselves on the back for that one, Jim. Well, why don't um, they pat you know, Marvin Ellison on the back? Marvin, by the way, has yeah. done more for what I mean, I, I had a, a talk with Marvin where he spent a lot of time talking about what happened with George Floyd at the stores, what happened with not ESG, but managing a workforce so that everybody feels equal. ESG being the phony way that we now judge things, managing in a way that is, David, and uh, I would say empathetic and empowering, that's what we should be talking about. Not whether they're uh, carbon neutral in 2075. <laughs> well, something else we have also been talking about is the power that these largest of the large retailers have yes. in terms of taking control of their supply chain in a way that smaller retailers are simply unable to do, Jim. Uh, whether David, it is who are the smaller retailers? Is there anybody left? I mean, is what about like, value? What? Yeah. I think we I talk way too much. Dave, everyone's been defeated. What a baby. Where? Where are the smaller retailers? They're not in this business anymore. That's one of the reasons why Home Depot has such good margins. No one is left to compete with. You go into these small towns and they've been wiped out. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I think, by the way, that Etsy's up 40 percent during the streak. You can't wipe Etsy out. 
And Carl, when okay. we look at well, retail, I don't know what about what about uh, Macy's, what about TJX? We haven't talked about them. What about uh, Coles? Is, uh, when you've been to TJX, I saw you go down in the elevator. What or the, it was an escalator, I think. I did. TJX yeah, remains off price, and it's a winner. People love a bargain; they love it. So TJX, but TJX is kind of sleepy and boring. It's home goods that's good. And by the way, I always get my uh, turkey. My turkey how does plate TGX plate. get? If there's nobody has any inventory anymore, how are they getting stuff that didn't sell? I mean, if no, there's nothing to sell to begin with. Well, there's always somebody that's got, that doesn't have enough money. There's always somebody yeah. that has to send things. You know, Macy's going to report tomorrow, and Macy is it a victim of its own success. Remember, the stock was at 15; it's now doubled. I don't know. I mean, they do have travel restrictions uh, coming off. Really, be important for them because 25 percent of the business is Herald Square. Look at that move! That three month move. Carl, well, because amazing. it was never, it should never have been at 15. That, Carl, these stocks should never have been where they were. They were all reflecting a, a, the uh, retail apocalypse that never happened. Can we stop yep. talking about supply uh, chain soon? I, well, we hope oh, so. Um, uh, certainly, container rates have come down, as we've said. Right. Uh, Baltic Dry has been cut in half. Uh, Port of L.A. yesterday said that the number of containers at the dock is down by a third. Uh, right. Even Cornell uh, making some comments about the advances they've made in the trucking operations. And inventory up 18, Jim, at Target uh, is, is mind-blowing. Thanks. Numbers like that rarely happen in retail. Thank you. I mean, I think that you uh, or last week at the end of the week, Carl, you talked to me about that Morgan Stanley piece about the great overbill, basically the great inventory. I think we're making way too much of the inventory and not talking about the incredible demand that makes it so that your, your issue is. And, David, we learned this from Mickey Drexler. Do you have enough inventory when they want all the product? And the answer so far, no one said they don't. No one's come no, on and said, right. you know Listen, what? It, Our shelves are yep. bare. Like it's a Soviet Union department store, like gum. <laughs> right? Oh, it's gum. Okay, well, we didn't have any bologna. In Washington, they came D.C., for we used to have a Safeway with nothing on the shelves. We used to call it the Soviet Safeway. That actually reminds right. me of that. This, this, yeah, yes! Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. Right Aid doesn't have inventory because, I don't know, they, they're terrible. Right. CVS is all the inventory you want. Well, okay. Well, yeah, unfortunately, in the cities, everything is behind lock and key. I don't know if <laughs> that's, people. That's true. It's horrible. That's true. Literally, you want to? I mean, I wanted a, like a box of ice cream sandwiches. Now you got to no. find something. No, to and then you have the to push a button, the- and you stop people, oh, and you say, sad. "Do you have the key?" And they look at yeah. like, oh, and then try to find a checker. And then you do the thing with the scan and there's one that doesn't work and the thing falls off and there's no bag and suddenly experience. you're in trouble. It's I hate experience. going anywhere other than to my door where Amazon has the product. Yeah, I'm going to order, talk I'm to gonna order Diet Coke from Amazon. Just one. We're going we're we're to get there's some good news on Amazon today. But uh, really quick, oh, how about that uh, we talked to Doug McMillan yesterday from Walmart, who tried to put some of these inventory concerns at, to rest, at least on the mega retailers. And Brian Cornell of Target sort of echoed that this morning. Take a listen. We charted our own ships to make sure that we could get inventory into the right position. We've been working very closely in the ports to make sure we're unloading our containers you know, in off-peak hours, but really making sure that we've got inventory in our system. Our inventory in the third quarter was up $2 billion, or almost 20%. So obviously we want to make sure we've got the inventory in our system to support the incredible demand we're seeing. Uh, speaking of the demand, uh, they guide uh, for the quarter, comps up about 9 to 11, Jim. Prior was 9. I guess some folks are saying this morning uh, maybe that could have been a bigger bump. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I saw some people were saying, you know what, that actually translates to $13 translates to a miss. I read that. I'm not going to dignify. When, when you have the numbers that they have, all that the people at home should be thinking of is when can I buy these stocks? When can the froth, when can the fast money guys, when are, uh, not, no, not our guys, of course, um, when are they cleared out? And then you buy. And why, why do you buy? Because when we actually see the final numbers, they're going to be even better than expected because there is no promotion. And that's the word we should be talking about. No pricing promotions. David, promotion is what destroys gross margins. And the gross margin, these guys can project gross margins and then they can guide them up when it actually happens and everyone will be happy. And you'll say, why did I sell? What was that? What was I thinking selling before the holiday? Makes no sense. Right. Okay. David, Which leads Walmart, you back to Walmart. What? Walmart was not what? a retail yeah. apocalypse. No. You like the stock here, even though it was well, down I like yesterday. A, I like the fact that they care about customers and are all trying to stop inflation. I think price cutting in the long run wins. In the short term, no. In the short term, you have to gouge. Right. How right. about Costco? Guys, they don't report during this period. They seem to have come up with a model that doesn't gouge the consumer, has tremendous scale, makes everybody happy, and they may have the best Navy. They have a three-ship Navy. And Rich Galanti, run, the CFO, he runs the Navy. Now, I say that because everyone's now hearing people have been taking boats into their own hands. But I think Costco knows how to unload a boat better than anybody. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out soon. Uh, of course, they got the membership fees. Nice annuity business over at Costco. I'm willing to pay more. Uh, Yep. Let's turn to EVs. Uh, Lucid's up in the pre-market. It's off the highs of the morning. The EV maker is now topping GM and Ford in terms of market valuation, now number three among U.S. automakers behind Tesla and Rivian. More talk about the big three uh, being Tesla, Rivian, Lucid. Last night on Mad Money, uh, Peter Rawlinson called on the world to kick the fossil fuel habit. We cannot go on burning fossil fuels the way we're doing. Mankind needs to transition to sustainable mobility. And the route to that is technology. This is a tech race. Jim, you called the car a wondrous technological machine. I love driving it. It was terrific. I got more blowback, negative blowback about that piece than I have in a long time. And I'm going to quote my daughter, who very rarely blasts me. She said, Dad, you are a salesperson for Rivian. Give me a break. Uh, I'm a salesperson for, for uh, Lucid, give me a break. And here's the problem. When I look at Lucid and I look at the Rivian valuations, David, we know that it's 1998. Now, Andrew said it was 1999, yes. but you know that this can't <laughs> continue. Uh, no. Now, I love the game, and that's why I've been, I no. own Ford for uh, the charitable trust, because Ford has a gigantic position in Rivian. But, David, I'm conscious of the fact that just because there were 17,000 reservations, I have gotten too excited about Lucid. I'm too excited. Well, listen, you, uh, from this video, you do seem to have a future as an Uber driver, so that's always good. You got that going for you, Jim. <laughs> Why um, not Lyft, David? They're much, they're much bigger out here. Oh, yeah. But, you know, listen, your point's a good one. They raised over $4 billion, remember, with the, uh, with the SPAC deal, uh, did Lucid. They're going to need it. You know, I went back and looked at the, July, at the July projections that they put out when it's the last time we got them. Um, I mean, $2.3 billion in negative free cash flow for this year is what they anticipated. Uh, $2.7 billion next year. $3.2 billion in negative free cash flow in 2023. Then things start to turn for them. They only uh, have negative free cash flow of $1.4 or $1.5 billion in, oh, in 24. Um, 
and then they start to get positive, right? So you're, you're basing the valuation now off a projection that we had at least some time ago, and I, I assume they're still sticking with this, of let's call it a, a billion and a half in free cash flow in 2026, Jim. Right. That's kind of what to we have to, to work it. with here. Well, um, remember what, what Musk said. And they're succeeding. You know, uh, Jim, uh, time to raise more capital? Why not? Like, why not? You're going to need it at some point. Uh, he repeatedly uh, said that he did not need more capital. And what, okay. what bothers me about this, David, is, is that the 14, this is what I've been thinking about perplexed because this is what my daughter hit me with. Remember, you have uh, 14,000 reservations uh, in September, yep. and then it went up to 17,000. The reservations okay. are refundable. Why isn't it, and this is what I realize I should have been more critical, and you usually don't say this stuff on air, but why, why wasn't it 25000 I mean, are we really t- are we basing this thing on reservations per share, David, because they could be ephemeral? The motor, the motor Trend car of the year does matter. The fact that it had a great look and feel does matter. But I talked to two people last night who said, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, have you seen the luxury this or the luxury that? You've made too much of Lucid. So, look, I think that Lucid was up five points at 4 a.m., and now it's down, and I think it's going to be a bad day for the stock of Lucid. Interesting. Well, at one point, its value did eclipse that of GM. They're neck and neck at roughly 90, let's call it $90 billion. Obviously, as we pointed out, Rivian uh, far above them both at uh, yesterday, ending at roughly what was $150 billion market value. And, again, these are companies that consume enormous amounts of capital, Elon Musk made that point very clear in a tweet that he had last week about Rivian, Jim. Right. Uh, and that's going to be the case for some time. But they're not trading off of, of future cash flow projections at this point. No. To your point, they're just trading off of current reservations. Exactly. And uh, Peter Rollinson is, is a good salesperson for his product. And the thing that most worries me, Carlos, is that I don't, want part, I don't want to be part of the mob that takes these to be the next Tesla. But to not report on them and see what people are excited about, to me, feels negligent. It is really one of the toughest reporting jobs I've come up with in 15 years of doing 16 years now of Mad Money. I just don't know. Just stressed about it. Stressed yep. about this. <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely turning a corner here uh, in, the, in the auto market. It's very hard to read. Uh, we'll yes. take a break here. Take a look at futures. Obviously, a little bit uh, cool after uh, several good days. A lot of news on companies like Uber, Amazon, ATVI. Got some downgrades of PayPal and Roku and an upgrade of Boeing, which we'll get to in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back. We're keeping an eye on shares of Activision this morning as well after a tumble yesterday when the Wall Street Journal put a story out midday that Activision's longtime CEO, Bobby Kotick, knew for years about sexual misconduct allegations at the video game giant. It's a story, you know, funnily, Jim, that you and I have talked a lot about off air, um, not to divulge too much, but we've, we've discussed it. Uh, I know, remember when I shared the California lawsuit back in July, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, some salacious allegations in that lawsuit. Um, but it's come to the fore now. Yesterday's story seems to have been a very important one. Interestingly, the board of directors of Activision rallying to Mr. Kodak's side almost immediately with a press release of, uh, of support criticizing the journal's reporting, saying they're disappointed. It presents an inaccurate and misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO. They say instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention were acted upon. But, Jim, this is not over by a long shot. No. And I have to, uh, have to admit that I was somewhat surprised at how quickly that board came out there. just to Now, they knew the story was coming. But to support uh, Mr. Kodak, well, um, uh, yeah, not, not I mean, the strongest David, board, I would say as well. You know, look, the central the tenet board. of the piece was that he hid it from the board. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the tenet. Now, if that's untrue, then show us the minutes. Now, the minutes may sometimes leave out the more salacious aspects, but we have a cut and dried issue here. Uh, the journal says the Kodak did not, or lied by admission, if you want to, did not mention the board. The board comes out immediately and endorses him, which is right. I mean, if there was a full vetting by the board and there was a big investigation, I get that. But if the board didn't know, David, then wh- who are they to say everything's fine? Uh, it's a good question. And again, I, uh, you know, while, having seen many of these over the, in, in the past, I just wonder why they didn't take a take a breath there. Um, but they chose not to. And so he does have their full support, it would seem, at this point. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, Jim, as well. You, so you wonder, well, could an activist come in here and make their bones as an ESG play? Although it's not clear to me who replaces him. He's an iconic founder slash CEO, built this company um, over a long period of time. Uh, the performance has not been great, though, as we all know. And in fact, the last quarter, they did seem to be impacted in part by this problem. Certain people who'd left the company, uh, certain development projects perhaps delayed as a result. Um, and then there's the, well, could it, you know, could you get in there and try and get this thing sold? Uh, which, again, raises questions, certainly always on an antitrust front, depending on who a potential buyer would be, if there even was one. Well, these are franchises within a company. And we know from Take Two, which is even more uh, let's say hands off, that you could have a, a product, a great product like uh, Grand Theft Auto, in term, great product in terms of, of the financials. And if it's not ready, if there's some, some people who did not do not happy with the d- design, it gets held up. So when I heard, and I had Bobby Kodak on, when I heard that they were delayed in some key titles, well, that's it. I mean, th- these are hit-driven companies, David. And it did sound like that. The, not only is the eye off the ball there, but you see these people who are quitting. And they seem to be quitting in droves. If Bobby were to come on and say, listen, all things are, are fine. I don't know if his lawyers would let him. He can override his lawyers. I would feel a lot better here. But right now, I question whether the, the whole company's slate of, produ- of product is going to have a gigantic hole. And therefore, you have to keep selling it. 
Yeah, uh, and Carl, of course, there was a walkout yesterday, some workers right. as well, and they did one in July as well, saying uh, that they believe the CEO should go. It, it's an important story, one we'll continue to follow, of course, given the Wall Street Journal's coverage from yesterday, yep. especially. Yep. We saw the shares Pretty react cool. immediately after that. When we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell uh, uh, this morning. Take a look at futures here as we get more squawk on the street after the break. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at some of the pre-market gainers. It's going to be all pretty much uh, centered around the retail complex as we got uh, the numbers out of Lowe's. Ross, uh, TJX is going to lead you this morning on results we haven't really gotten to, although we covered H, uh, Target and Lowe's this morning. Opening bell in a few moments. Don't go anywhere. All right, time to uh, get to a mad dash as we count you down to the opening bell. Apple. Yep, well, I'm out here, so I think it's makes sense to go uh, at least talk about Cupertino. David, you know I'm very critical of the kind of reportage slash research that we get about Apple ahead of a quarter. And today is no different. Uh, UBS, which is, of course, is the evidence lab, looks at what are known as lead times and makes a decision that they're at the high end and that, frankly, they are getting uh, wait times are elevated for the iPhone, therefore saying that means that demand must be great. Goldman Sachs comes out today and says lead times have come down a bit. They're no longer elevated, and that's bad. Now, who's right? The answer is own Apple, don't trade it. Now, Tony Saganegi, no stranger to, uh, to CBC, comes out and says today that what he likes is the buyback, uh, that it could last for 15 more years. Well, the one thing I don't want to buy Apple for is the buyback. So here are three pieces of research that I'm putting in the worthless category. You either believe... <laughs> You either believe yeah. that the iPhone is a better product and people are going to buy it, or you don't. But this kind of right. research, David, is worth exactly where I just put it. Uh, but, but there's not really a question. I mean, iPhones will be in stock, right? I mean, the good news of that, I guess, is, you know, it can cost them more, but they can freight over everything they want. Although there is some question about Vietnam still and COVID and concerns about, you know, work, work slowdowns there as a result. But talk about scale. I mean, they can pretty much... To you know, call their uh, their shots. Except for, did you see Qualcomm yesterday? Did yeah. Qualcomm once again exercising its eminent domain to the industry? I have Skyworks Solutions, which plays a very big role with Apple, but is not able to really talk about Apple, as is most of the suppliers. I mean, Qualcomm violates the rules by openly flouting how much business it has with Apple. They don't seem to care, David. What is that all about? They're powerful, man. They're powerful. They're powerful. Yeah. Well, Liam yeah. Griffin should be powerful. He's got about $5 per, 
in an Apple phone doesn't seem to matter. We've got to find out more. But remember, they can't really talk about Apple. Tim Cook doesn't like people talking about doing business with Apple. That makes it even harder to do these lead time things and talk about orders that are placed or replaced. I don't want anything of it. I want to say that if you want to know how Apple's really doing, you know you have to talk to, David? You have to talk to Verizon. You have to talk to to uh, to a, a, a you have to talk to Mike Seaver at T-Mobile. Yeah, they know yeah. the answer, and the answer is that business is unbelievable for them. Why? Because they're giving away. Look at the ads. The ads are like, "Hey, we give away the iPhone." Well, I mean, like, yeah, I want to well, go order a new. I want to go to T-Mobile just really to get though. a second they iPhone. Don't really, it's just misleading ads. Every time we go in, I try and get my daughter a new one. Oh, and actually, no, you, that you think it's apply you, to you. Oh, you, you're telling you. me that you think that Hans Vestberg is, is, is misleading? I'm just saying what? that, you know. You're, are you calling Hans read Vestberg? The fine print. Read the fine print. Um, meanwhile, Apple stock still underperforming the broader market this year. Oh, so well, what is it? What do you have to do? Is, is it one of those? You, David, not everybody can be lucid, David. No, that is true. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you yeah. for that admission. Let's, let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. It is GM celebrating the grand opening of the Factory Zero, the company's all-electric vehicle assembly plant in Detroit. At the NASDAQ, its customer engagement platform, Braze, celebrating an IPO today. Uh, Jim, GM invested a couple billion in that plant rather than close it. president's going to go there later on today, talk about uh, the $7 billion or so that in the infrastructure bill for EV charging. And it will eventually be the new home of the, the GMC Hummer EV later this year. Union versus non-union. Not talked about enough. Uh, machine versus man. Not, or man or woman. Not talked about enough. When you talk about Lucid, you go to their factory. Uh, Rollinson assures me that you'll see a lot more machine. You're not going to see unions. When you go to GM, you're celebrating the fact that union workers are doing something that's terrific. And what they're doing in, in Wall Street is gumming up the works. I mean, David endlessly talks about something bigger than Ford, bigger than Ford, bigger than Ford. Do you think Ford in the end has a complex? Do you think they're going to sit there and take it? Listen to what Phil Lebeau said about GM. I mean, these guys are right now structurally trying to figure out how do we break out our EV to show it's bigger than everybody other than Tesla? And the answer is they don't know how, David. They don't know how. And by the time they get around to doing it, the uh, fever will have broken and it probably won't be worth having done it. So The, the boil will be lanced, right, David? Right. Yeah, I mean, I just when we go back to that period that we were referencing in terms of sort of a something that's at least similar, uh, where right. a lot of capital moved in quickly, of course, the late 90s, you can remember how many, oh, let's, you know, we've got to shine the light on this, but by the time you get around to doing it, things turn. Well, Cisco know, selling Jim, it 40 it times earnings back then, I have them tonight. Is it 98? 99 with the Qualcomm going where to 1,000. Where are we? Yeah. No, I think we're but 98. What, what year? 98. We're 98. All right, so we... So we got two more years. Yeah, we're 98.6. Really we're probably years. in June of 98. Mm. Yes, we do. We have that kind of time. Carl, what happens is you go and you test drive a Lucid and you say, oh, I want a Lucid. No, more importantly, I want a Lucid share. I want, a stock, I want stock in Lucid. And that's what keeps happening. You remember I said that it's going to be a bad day for Lucid because yesterday it was a little ridiculous. I mean, the Motor Trend car of the year, Carl, how much is that really worth? 5,000 reservations? Uh, yeah. Well, Morgan Stanley today ups their, par- uh, their target to 16, uh, but they reiterate the underweight. So th- there's still some push and pull on the sell side. Interesting, Jim, this morning, Datatrek says GM and Ford should spin off 
their EV operations. Uh, innovations this large require the legacy OEMs to recapitalize. Well, I, I keep trying to think if they did that, what would you want the old, uh, the old Ford? Would you want the old GM? What would you pay for those? What kind of growth do they have? And they remind me, David, I'm going to bring up a very big sore point, one that so far you're definitely right about, IBM and Kindrel. Kindrel is the internal combustion engine GM. What do you think of that? All right. I guess Not I believe it. Right. I'm not, you know, argue with me. Here and, yeah. Argue with me. You want me to argue with you about yeah. IBM and what was it? The, no, IBM is to Kindrel as right. GM is to the uh, old GM, whatever, GM, uh, the ICE, the internal combustion engine GM is Kindrel, right? Is that what? I'm asking for an analogy so people understand I, I, what the I, hell we're talking about. I, I, well, that's, you know, that's asking a lot of our viewers, I think. Well, how about um, asking a lot of, uh, for us? Yeah, we come to work every day. Hey, by about. the way, no one comes to work out here. Did you know that? They just go out to dinner. I, I have heard that. Nobody, right? You're alone. They just go no, out to dinner. Anybody... And they drink during the week. I mean, what do they care? I mean, who knows what? So, they can come into work what's... hungover. All they're doing is going from their bedroom to their kitchen. There's we have to go to work. We can't come moments. in hungover. That Salesforce Carl, tower is still city. empty. Carl, I'm empty. seeing people pound when they go out. Not why. <laughs> they're pounding because they wake up. It's like, you know. So they have, you know, circles under their eyes and they're like, they've yep. had too much. And it doesn't matter, Carl. If you don't go no, to work, you I, can get drunk. I, I, Jim, I, I, I do want to get back to this idea of the EVs and, and what Carl mentioned, separating out, you know, their, their operations to a certain extent. I mean, there is a, there is a different uh, capital allocation uh, side to this for them that might be preferable to, because you're going to need to fund losses for a long period of time. So I don't want to yes. just say it's, it's not necessarily something from a valuation well, perspective that they won't get around to until valuations come down a lot. It I beg still to might differ. make sense from, I beg a, to from use of capital. Yeah. I beg okay. to differ. The, uh, Jim Farley assures us that the Ford Mustang Mach-E is a very profitable piece of business. Got it. Got That's it. Farley. Okay. So right well, off the, the bat, it's going to be able you, to support itself. Uh, you know, my yeah. wife's in line to get the Hummer. And why? Because it walks like a crab. Aren't there better reasons to buy something than it walks like a crab? Well, that Rivian does those donuts. I mean, I think that's probably one of the main I was able to drive the Rivian. It was was the best I've ever driven, frankly. Best. The best car you've ever driven? No, the best I've ever driven. The Rivian or the Lucid? Which? No, the Lucid, David, I saw when I was driving the Lucid, I saw a truck that had a, a, a tow truck that had Rivians. And okay, and so then what, you followed it and then you drove a Rivian? No, I should have driven a Rivian. I wanted to drive a Rivian. I'm sorry, I drove the Lucid. Okay, so you didn't drive a Rivian. No, I'm trying to get in a Rivian okay. when I'm out so here. So you're confusing all of us because you I'm said sorry, that's it was my the best bad. ride you had. No, that's my bad. I think you meant I, to let say me be the clear. Lucid. I yes. drove a Lucid, not a Rivian, but I saw Lucids <laughs> while I was, I saw Rivians while I was driving Lucids. <laughs> I, now I can't what? stop thinking of him as an Uber driver. I know, no, he's what got is the, when this is ridiculous. Will you stop it with and this? I, have it, how about the one where I was in the back and, and uh, Robson yeah, was driving me? Why are you showing me like this? You got five stars. I'm glad you, you know what he said to me? He said he, put a, he said he put a tip on the app. <laughs> Well, Jim, we, we could talk a lot about uh, the, the, the new big three, but Morgan Stanley sticks by its top EV pick, and that is race. Uh, they take the price target to 350 prior to 65. That's 35% upside, Jim. 
Well, I think that's better than uh, Bassinet's AMC piece where he went from five to six. Now, look, he's been right. Jonas is terrific. Jonas is absolutely terrific. He's thoughtful. He's funny. Uh, He has a sense of humor about this. But Ferrari is the best car. I mean, he's trying to take away the risk. He actually cares about risk. David, you know, risk is still important. Like the people who are buying Lucid right now, what's their game plan, David? What happens? What happens when the music stops here with the Lucid? What? You know, listen, I've been following this company for a very long time. You guys can remember the abuse we all got when it was old CCIV and at least questioned the idea that the Lucid transaction would actually occur. Of course, it did. Jim, I don't know. I mean, they look back at the performance of CCIV and what happened and the ups and downs and ultimately say it's only going higher. And don't forget options play a role here in these things as well. So, uh, yeah, you can remind them all you want about the potential here for fundamental analysis starting to take take control, but it hasn't happened. And you and I have had this debate about any number of other stocks, including one of your favorites, AMC, where I'll make the arguments based on fundamentals. And you'll say, hey, you know what? That's not what this is part of. So you can say the same thing about Lucid. Look, I have a Tesla. I mean, I drove a Tesla. The stock was at 200. I said, well, we got to recommend Tesla. Well, that was right. Does that make me smart? I like Bitcoin when people didn't like Bitcoin. Am I smart? No. It has nothing to do with intelligence. Nothing. Right. Well, one name, Jim, that you've been you've been skeptical of for a while is Boeing. Uh, today, Wells ups to overweight. Um, they say easing travel restrictions, uh, China Max recertification, seven eight seven delivery, uh, the fuel uh, increasing the pace of airplane retirements. They say it's a question of when, not if. Oh, look, it's been when, which is why I bought it for my travel trust. It's going to be a subject of our December club talk that I'm going to do. What do you do when you buy a stock that you don't like? You buy the stock of a company you don't like. Well, you're betting the company is going to change. In this case, the 787, maybe finally it's going to be shipped. When the 787 was first held up, Carl, they did give me a three-week window where they told me it'd be fine. That turned out to be wrong. Uh, did was she uh, was the, the talks was she good? I mean, they're presuming that they are. In the end, Carl, what matters is is that we need more planes because international travel is going to be back because people feel like as part of the Great Resignation, the Great whatever, they want to go somewhere. It is really uh, David. I'm going to use it. It's Yolo. Yolo is why you buy Boeing. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. How about okay. like I agree, I disagree. But because I'm not next Yolo, to you. I believe it's YOLO. Yeah. Carl, he's the best co- the, colleague I've I, ever I, had. The best. The best. You only live once. I get it. Um, all right. I want to change it up here because uh, I, I, I want you guys to take a look at Visa shares. They're down 5%. Jim. What the heck is that? And it, and it appears to be on this news that Amazon's going to stop accepting Visa credit cards in the U.K. starting, I think, January 19th. The company's citing the high cost of processing transactions. Visa debit still accepted. But there is a sense that, you know, there's been some pressure on these companies. You've talked a lot, and we're going to continue no, to about buy now, pay later and what that means, not to mention the payment processors, look at the, uh, Pfizer's Look at the, look at the, the PayPal downgrade today, yeah. Yeah. guys. Big downgrade to PayPal. Yeah, Bernstein yeah. goes to market perform uh, as the disruptor, in their view, getting disrupted. By, right, yeah. by the firms of the world. Um, this I, look, Amazon I had news, Max Jim, there's a question people here. People feel that Max Levchin is the only honest yeah. guy in this business. Uh, you know, when it comes to Amazon's decision here with Visa, it, you know, is is the U.K. a test case is sort of what you're hearing. now. Right. Are they going to gauge this level in terms of pricing pressure and kind of see what they can do outside of the U.K.? But that may be why you're seeing that. But some would argue is an oversized reaction to shares of Visa. 
I think so there. Look, I spent. I was with Mastercard with Mr. Meebach last week for their uh, their investor day, and people keep confusing these companies with. Uh, little companies that do payment processing. They're gigantic. They're behemoths with millions of customers who basically are captive and are not about to go to a firm. They, not everything's buy now, pay later. No, David, buy no. now, pay later is a great concept, okay? And 18% on a credit card if, with late fees is not a great concept. But the, the vast majority of people have, have, they have plastic in their wallet. And as far as I'm concerned, I keep thinking about what Charlie Sharp told me, now runs at Wells Fargo, goes, Jim, when it becomes too hard to take a piece of plastic out of your wallet and give it to someone, that's when plastic will go away. I, it's still pretty easy, dude. It is, but they charge a lot for the, for the, for the, uh, for the opportunity, don't they? Is well, look, I, I mean, like Square. Think- I, I had a, a, a Marita Hoosier yesterday. She is the chief spokesperson, really. She's the CFO. I think Square's yeah. doing great. People worried about Stripe coming down. They've, Carl, they're worried about all of these IPOs that are in the waiting. And everyone keeps talking about Klarna. Klarna, like it's, it's some sort of like mysterious beast. <laughs> Klarna's coming. Klarna. It does, it does sound nefarious. <laughs> um, don't want to catch Klarna. Klarna. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, really quick, before, while we have the time, Jim, uh, Moffitt cuts Roku to sell. Uh, oh, my God. Target I went back to Michael I mean, immediately. They, 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 you know what they do with the, Nathan? The report says the estimates are, yeah. are too damn high, is what he writes. Uh, we might get a 52-week low on Roku today. They call Nathanson the assassin. This was an amazing piece, basically saying we're all paying too much for Roku. Don't we realize there's a rapid deceleration? I read this, and I said to myself, Every time I look at Roku, I want to sell it. Yeah. You know, there's still questions about the aggregators and who really is going to succeed in aggregating all the streaming services effectively and what that's going to look like. Obviously, Roku's platform has been a very powerful one. They've done a great job in terms of uh, in terms of uh Getting paid, basically. But the deceleration, uh, to, David, to that he traction, outlines but, the deceleration right? that Nathanson outlines is pretty pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, on this topic, going to have a chance tomorrow to speak to John Malone, um, <gasps> Rutledge at, at Charter, uh, Tom Rutledge, um, Greg Maffei, and also we'll talk to the satellite, uh, the Sirius Satellite CEO as well, Jennifer Witz. Uh, all it's Liberty uh, Investor Day, guys. So that'll be interesting. Um, star-studded Look at that cast lineup. of CEOs. But on this very, you know, Malone and I talked about this a year ago in terms of Roku and, and where things stand with the aggregation of all these streaming services, whether you end up with a new bundle in some fashion or other. So uh, Roku plays into that, too. D- David, will you please ask him whether he thinks that ATT is the next great growth company? Okay, I will. It's funny. Did you guys it, hear Bucus this morning on Squad? Yeah, I did a bit, yeah. Yeah. You know, AT&T shares, I mean, you, you can call whatever you want the stub there, but... Discovery shares have actually moved up a bit of late since the earnings report. Still down for the year. But, Jim, AT&T shares down 14% this year. There's still real questions uh, about yeah. wireless business, about their overbuilding strategy when it comes to fiber, I guess. Um, it's been interesting to watch. Uh, now, none of them have done well. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile no. have all had rough years because of the concept that they are simply going to be competing not just with each other, but with Comcast and Charter as well right. when it comes to wireless. Uh, meanwhile, Netflix, guys, 700. I think that's an all-time high. Uh, yeah. B of A uh, this morning, Jim, uh, you know, they're going to start publishing more uh, 
discrete data on viewing in terms of hours. The, they announced that yesterday. B of A wonders this morning if that's a precursor to that long-awaited ad-supported option, which Reed Hastings has said he'd never do. I'm, I'm thinking that we really have to start doing it. I'm going to do it tonight, maybe with Investment Club. The two classes of stock. There's this, the classes of stock that are valued, say, on earnings per share and therefore are pathetic. And then there are the ones that are valued on concepts. I mean, yes, I, saw, I'm not, I feel like when I hear Netflix, what I think of, I think of 456. I, I have a T-shirt, by the way, that says 456. Thank you to Will on the set. And, and what I'm saying is, is that Netflix is just refu- – people refuse to evaluate, re- evaluate Netflix called by any of the standard traditions that we know. It, it, by the way, this is different from Fang, where you could argue literally that uh, Meta is not expensive, that Alphabet's not expensive, and Apple's not expensive. But Netflix is trading uh, on views per share, and Lucid is trading on reservations per share. And we have to ex- accept, Carl, that this is the new world. We can't keep fighting it. We fight it. We keep people out of very good stocks, don't we? I think so. Yeah, um, yeah you wrote Get Rich Carefully, Jim. We say this all the time. It's your book. <laughs> True. Yeah, uh, I know. But we're True. looking at big changes, big changes. But we uh, could create a stock. The three of us could create a stock, get some reservations for it, and it could be worth more than Ford. <laughs> reservations. Yes. That's my favorite sign. It's not taking Why is everything versus Ford? Can you imagine Jim Farley watching the show and he said, oh, you know what? Macy's. It's, it's uh, almost Ford. I mean, what is that? Some Anyone sort of yard take stick? a reservation. All right. Rivian shares are down 9.5%. First time I told I've actually seen that stock I told down since it went public yep. last week. And how about Lucid? Lucid? How are they doing there at the Lucid? Hanging in there. A gorgeous yeah. sunset, uh, sunrise behind uh, Jim over there. Look, yeah. Nice shot. Um, so we're just south of uh, 4,700. Let's get to Bob Vasani. Good morning, Bob. Guys, a uh, week open, but uh, largely that's due to Visa on the uh, on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's all about retail. They're just on fire. The uh, Consumer Discretionary Index, where a lot of the retailers sit, uh, that's a new high. You got a big boost up there from the uh, earnings today. Communication services doing all right. Netflix is strong today. Tech's uh, flattish. Uh, banks and energy have been flattish uh, this week uh, in the last week and a half. Need a little bit more energy from them. That's what's sort of preventing a breakout in the S&P 500. Uh, we've been talking about retailers, and the numbers have been good overall. Uh, there is some issues on gross margins. I'm not quite sure I understand why. But here's the key point. Uh, I want to talk about the buyback situations. Retailers and big tech like Apple, they've been aggressively reducing their their, uh, buying back stock and reducing their share count for years. And I want to just point this out. It's been continuing now. They're picking it back up again since 2011, which is when they really start reducing their share count. Look at this. Dillard's reduced its share count 64 percent. Kohl's 51. Lowe's 50 percent. What does all this mean? Well, it means that all other line items being equal, earnings look much better without doing anything. Other than just reducing the share hot, you don't, you don't have to uh, increase your revenues. You don't have to become more efficient uh, in the, the income statement. All you have to do is just keep reducing the share count and the earnings look better because it's earnings per share. There's Target, Ross Stores, TJX, Walmart. Now, remember something. A lot of retailers suspended buybacks in 2020, but they have now resumed the buybacks in a very, very big way. In fact, just take a look at today and what was going on here. So we had Target announced that they had bought back 2.2 uh, billion shares, uh, $2.2 billion worth of shares. That's uh, 8.8 million shares. Lowe's announced $2.9 billion, and they're increasing. They're accelerating the buyback. TJX 
800 million. They're accelerating their buyback uh, as well. Now, obviously, this is controversial. Some people call it financial engineering. Other people say it's the most efficient way to return capital. The Democrats are up in arms about it. They want a tax buyback. So there's a political component to this all right now. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. In terms of the trends that we've seen so far in retail, they're pretty darn good. The key story here is Comp store sales have been great. They're above expectations. That's been very important. Earnings have been above expectations. Uh, everybody's focused on gross margins because of what happened with Target and Walmart. I don't understand that. It's operating margins that matter. Operating margins includes everything else, all the other costs like labor, and companies are getting more efficient. That's the key. The big issue is how much longer do they have pricing power. By the way, Carl, can I point out the king of all buybacks, of all share count reduction, is Apple in terms of the dollar value. They have reduced their share count by 37 percent since 2013. Think about that. Apple's reduced its share count by 37 percent. They have 16.4 billion shares. They used to have 26. That's quite a feat for the biggest company out there. Carl, back to you. Yeah, and Bernstein says they could cut it by another third by 2035. That's right. Incredible. Bob, thanks. As we go to break, got time for the bond report as we keep an eye on fixed income and treasuries. Uh, yields down pretty much across the board, but that long bond stubbornly above two this morning. Uh, macro data is light today. A lot of Fed speak before we get to Philly Fed and jobless claims tomorrow. We're back after a break. A reminder, you can always get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club. It's quite cool. You can also use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you there. Uh, got stocks down across the board this morning. Dow's down 120. Stop trading's up next. Time for Jim and stop trading. I've made no secret of the fact that I like all things crypto. I have to own Ethereum. It's kept at an alpha called uh, BlockFi. Uh, and I learned this morning, according to Bloomberg, that the SEC is investigating them. Why? For the same reason I'm so happy. I get earned 5% of my Ethereum. And the SEC is questioning, how is that possible? But if I move my Ethereum to my bank, I'd earn absolutely nothing on it. So they're investigating the alpha that I'm using. In the meantime, I'm enjoying the return. Fascinating. I see this morning total crypto market cap, Jim, is now in cor- close to correction territory. And I'm, I assume you saw you're out west. Staples Center is going to be crypto.com arena. Oh, my. It reminds me so much of the era that we keep talking about where everything in the end was named after dot-com. Only Sock Puppet did not have an arena. <laughs> PSI I had it at the street. I owned the, the, the top of Yankee yeah. State on the dugout. I had the street's name. At the absolute top, when the street was at, at 60, if you went to Yankee Stadium, you saw the street. Uh, only and then it went to Dollar. And then you didn't see it. <laughs> well, tonight, you got a good show tonight, though. Okta, well, right? Cisco, Cisco reports tonight. And uh, that's a real company. Of course, it was sold, it sold at 40 times earnings. It had a $400 billion market capitalization in, in 1999. Skyworks, which is a big uh, cell phone supplier, but I think it does more than that. And then Okta, the identity company. Uh, if you don't want to be, if you want to be yourself, you need Todd McKinnon. Uh, Jim, your, your banner week uh, continues. I don't know how you're doing it out there. David and I well, were talking because about Because I'm, I'm an Uber driver for Lucid. <laughs> we'll see you tonight. It's money on the side. Mad Money, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Yeah! 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.